2: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
0: Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombus. big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night.
3: Hello and welcome to podcast like it's nineteen ninety nine, the podcast where we look back at the films of nineteen ninety nine from our <laughs> underground mine here, yeah, yeah. from the stars here. That's better. I like it from, from the <laughs> starry Sputnik sky here <laughs> in two thousand and eighteen. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart, and I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today is Carrie G- G- <laughs> you got this. Carrie Galogly. There you go. Great. Is that Good correct? Tr- yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Carrie Gell-Ogley. Um, She is- VP. VP of Scripted Programming at AMC. She is uh, a big fan of October Sky. I'm <laughs> Joe Johnson. Yeah.
0: Hell, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in.
3: <laughs> big time. She's here to talk us through October Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that was made in 1999. <laughs> and I don't have much more to say about it. I'm, I'm here to listen.
4: Is one of those listening podcasts. <laughs> I think. I think that. And this. I do think that this is a somewhat common occurrence. But I fall between you guys. Okay. And I don't say that. I'm not knocking. No, I know you're. Truly, really no, I'm here I, to I, listen. I mean, as I said to 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 Kenny and 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 Molly and James in the previous episode. Right. I might have cried at the end of this movie.
1: Uh, might have, like, or maybe like multiple parts. I mean, like, there I can are a name couple, a couple. There's
4: a couple goosebump moments, yeah, and a couple. So this movie worked for me better than it, I think it worked for you. But I also fully understand the vanilla shrug you could have about this movie as well. That's that's would have been a better movie, vanilla shrug. <laughs> I would have seen that. But you know, I, so I, I see both sides of it, and I think, and and I think we'll get into this in a little bit. But that is a Joe Johnson thing. I yeah.
3: know, like. Well, we will get into Joe Johnson. I actually know, we I know nothing of Carrie's yes opinion of this movie. I just assumed you liked it because you because you Cause chose I it. it. <laughs> but what? How do you feel on a macro, general sense about this movie? What's your history with this movie?
1: Well, I mean, I think that the, I mean, the reason why I picked it, like when you guys were like, okay, like here's the list of the movies that like aren't taken, and I felt like this one would be a good conversation because I feel like it isn't one that you would normally pick from 1999 mm-hmm. and I do really like it, but I mean, I don't think it's perfect by any means. I think it's, I think it is more like a global, I want to have a global conversation about that kind of a movie and yes. how it never gets awesome. made yes, anymore. Yes. And like, that is sort of what I love about it is sort of like the regularness sort of like mm-hmm. kind of thing where you're like, you watch it and it's kind of like feel good mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's just sort of a drama and they just don't get made anymore. So, I mean like, and I feel like I would also <clears throat> like, like, it'd be it'd be a movie I would defend. I mean it's the kind of thing where it's like people usually don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of like October Sky, but I feel like I kind of do. So I was like, <laughs> I really gotta get in here, you yeah. know, and just like and you know, show you show you guys my stuff. But uh I mean I I think it's it's fun. But how I how I came to it was I didn't see it in ninety nine, but a friend of mine from college and I were talking about Movies that we uh, watched, like, with substitute teachers or, like, during, like, half days, like, and uh, that we, like, cried at and then were, like, embarrassed that we cried (laughs) at them. And she had watched this in her AP (laughs) physics class and is, like, wiping tears, like, sort of, like, like, and, like, mine was, uh, mine was glory because you watch Glor- sure. glory glory yeah. and apus history and like just forget about right. it at the end when like the bodies are coming down and they're like you know Denzel and Broderick are just like Mary and like you're like just full
3: sob and mine was Meh. cry the beloved country hell yeah sure. there great. there are these there, there is this weird little genre of movies you watch when your teacher's drunk or hungover or whatever yeah. <laughs> that
4: are also kind of sneaky great movies
3: yeah i don't know if this feels, but,
4: but but i do think had you seen it then if you saw it in an AP class of some sort, you might it might have just snuck up on you in a way that—I went into this with very low expectations. First time you saw it, right? Yeah, never seen Got it before. It. And even Molly mentioned in the previous episode that a teacher, she, she said, threatened to make us watch this, but ultimately it didn't actually come to fruition. I, I do think your your other point is, which we talked about a little bit on the previous episode as well, which is the $40 million— historical family drama yeah is just not a thing anymore so it, like it's just and and i think that that's another reason why this movie is special
3: i want to take that in a little different direction it's not so much the 40 million dollar historical family drama that's not a thing anymore what to me this movie does and, and very clearly did successfully this is 90 percent of rotten tomatoes you don't see <laughs> a lot yeah. of movies <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean but they're like rotten tomatoes is just a is a is sham a, oh yeah I
4: yeah, think, like, but
3: there's this was a, lot a different of great time. Movies that have and like terrible, was, yeah. Terrible but this I mean, this movie was is, was well reviewed, well regarded. Yes, you don't see a lot of movies that come out that rely on on uh, good reviews, which this movie needed at the, to perform at the box office. That actually really didn't have any Oscar aspirations. Yeah, and it used to happen all the time. Yeah. Right, you used to have all these movies that like were were well reviewed. The and I, I call them middle brow movies. I mean, I'm not the person who invented that, but th- this is this is to me a quintessential middle brown middle brown movie um, that got really good reviews and was not even
4: considered at Oscar time. No, I mean this movie was released uh, as we'll talk about, but on, in February. Yeah, I mean this movie was was kind of dumped. It was at a that Valentine's time. Day <laughs> special. This is a <laughs> yeah. quintessential Although, I guess it's date that, movie. President's Day weekend? Oh, I don't know. It might be. Yeah, which just, which which is a weekend that that can a movie can pop in that weekend well, sort of. But this didn't <laughs> but, not not 99. That's a newer yeah, thing. Yeah. But. but it's it's yeah, I I, I don't know. It, it was one of those I sat down to watch this film with very low expectations and thinking fine of Joe Johnson. Like I don't love him, I don't hate him. I some of his movies I think work better than others. But I don't know, it kind of snuck up on me. I found myself kind of taken with it. I again I'm also a sucker for a coming of age movie, and yeah. this is you know that. I also it had some turns in the story that I that I was surprised that it that it did. Um, it wasn't necessarily I mean it wasn't a twisty tale, but like it had a couple moments where I was like that's surprising. I didn't think they'd do that. So my my problem is that I came into with higher expectations. It might really be, that might be it. Yeah, yeah,
3: and truly like I and I was and I was charmed by the first fifteen minutes yeah. of it. I was very charmed by the opening um montage sure. of all the sad Americans yeah. when Russia launched Sputnik and we like kind of lost that first round of the space race. Mm-hmm. I think that to me, that's like a kind of compelling way or
4: place and time to start this story. There's and I, I think that the I think the thematics of that are also really interesting as well. That idea of seeing all these coal miners in West Virginia mm-hmm. paralleled or or juxtaposed that is with Russia beating them to space and that idea of, you know, <clears throat> missed opportunities or, or us not achieving what we could achieve. Like, I think that, I mean, I love space movies in general. I'm just, I'm just a fan of, cause to me, it's just like, it's insane that people get in tin cans and fire themselves out into space. It's the last thing that I would ever imagine doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's, it's real life. Like it it is adventure on a level of, uh, you know it's cinematic, but it's so real like people do this, and i just I find that fascinating i love and I say this in my notes, but just like that people look to the sky and just say like "I want to go there. I'm just like bully for you like that's amazing. I'm incredibly impressed by that, so anyway um where were you in nineteen ninety nine Carrie
1: I was a junior in high school um <laughs> in silver Spring, Maryland
4: mm-hmm.
1: and Saw a lot of movies in the theater that year. That's kind of sure. like, that's a pretty, 99's like a pretty big year. It's a very big year. I mean, was Rushmore 99? 98.
4: 98. 98? Yeah.
1: Because I feel like that's like one of, when people are like, what made you go to film school? Like, I feel like seeing Rushmore in the theater, I was like, somebody made a movie for me. Like, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I also was like big into like, like reading Premiere Magazine and like mm-hmm. seeing like what like whatever was like based on a book. Like I like read Fight Club like before it came oh, really? out. So yeah. I was like, yeah, this is like. Or like I read American Psycho like on my break at Starbucks. So I was that like, kind of nerd yeah, too. Yeah, 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 I
3: was really yeah, into it. I, I, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah,
4: yeah. there's so. something great about. Yeah, I I was very much that too. Always bought Premier magazine, and Entertainment Weekly, and yeah. and just wanted to see like what was coming down the pike. And yeah, what, what what there was. I to followed be it like about. it was sports. Yeah. I yeah. did too it, it's yeah I mean 99 was was a was a crazy year did you so you you were you going to see films at a specific theater do you remember any of the sort of because like there yeah. were movie theaters that
1: yeah the low Center Park eight is yep. the was the theater that I went to <laughs> I actually like have like a my some friends of mine would like every Wednesday they would uh get super high and like sneak into a movie at this theater because it's like you know Wednesday night that's just like not that crowded yeah. and uh um there was this uh, one time that They went and they were like sneaking in the back door and they saw on the other side of the theater, like of like the lobby of the theater was there was like a cop standing like with his arms crossed. (laughs) And they're like, oh, shit, like a cop. Like, we can't sneak in. Like, fuck. And they're, like, super high. And they're, like, Ugh, and they're freaked out and they left. And then one of the guys, like, came back the next day sober. It was a cardboard cutout of Saloon for Copland. <laughs> <laughs> they just, it was just a Copland poster. And they were, like, like, like That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, that's good. That's anyway, awesome. Copland. Just, Copland. Just scaring
4: scaring yeah. high team. Yeah, it exactly. Makes me want to get high so bad. <laughs> <laughs> to, to experience that. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really yeah, great. That's great. Um So, I'm going to give the synopsis. For October Sky, because mm-hmm. you know, uh, John Hickam, played by Chris Cooper, is a West Virginia coal miner who loves his job and expects his sons, Jim, played by Scott Miles, and Homer, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, to follow in his footsteps. But Jim gets a football scholarship, and Homer becomes interested in rocket science after seeing Sputnik One crossing the sky. John disapproves of his son's new mania—interesting word choice—but um, Homer love
5: space. Can space. get go through your head. I love
4: it. I mean, <laughs> I don't. These are Google synopses. I just cut and paste them. I don't even read Um, them beforehand. But, uh, but Homer begins building rockets with the help of his friends and a sympathetic teacher, played by Laura Dern. Uh, Rocketry he hopes will prove to be his ticket to a better life. October Sky opened on February nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, in fourth place with five point nine million dollars, and would go on to make thirty four point six million dollars worldwide on a twenty five million dollar budget. It is ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and eighty eight percent from from audiences. Um, people like this movie. People like this movie. What can I say? People like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, you know, and 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 I think I think it's got the best of intentions. It's just it's a good, nice movie. Well, no, know?
1: I mean the 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 whole reason the movie is good is a hundred percent Chris Cooper. Like mm-hmm. this movie would have been like kind of a shitty Disney movie if it wasn't for his performance. Like the the authenticity of his performance and the sort of the restraint of it in every scene that he's in, like makes it a thousand times better because he like, cause he makes the choices that he makes are like, so laconic and like stoic that you're like, that seems like a real coal mining dad. And then so any of, and his, what he ultimately does like to sort of like prove his, his sort of love for his son is so subtle as opposed to, I mean, well that last shot with the hand, the, the arm is like not exactly subtle, <laughs> but I think like in the grand scheme of yeah. like, If you're Homer Hickam, you're thinking, like, all my dad did was put his arm around me and, like, show up finally. But, I mean, it's obviously not shot in that way. But, like, I think that his understated performance is, like, completely makes it. Like, without him, it's, like, kind of a shitty movie. But he he makes it amazing. I
4: I agree with that. I also feel like I couldn't help but think a little bit of American Beauty. Yeah. Um, Not just the haircut, but just sort of two sides to a coin to a certain extent and how – Obviously aggressive he is in American Beauty well, and I mean, making his son.
1: His performance couldn't save that movie.
4: <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we were talking a little American Beauty earlier. That movie's. I mean, we 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 did our our best of, and okay. we both called it the most problematic. It definitely is the most problematic. But only movie. one of us gave it I, best I, screenplay. I really like the movie still, <laughs>
3: yeah, but it's fine. We can we can. I listen. Carry a mind yourself. It's a terrible movie. I, and it, it's it's. It's a pretty terrible movie with a couple of really interesting scenes um, and some interesting ideas in a vacuum to look back anthropologically at because they're whatever American beauty is bad. This movie is a little better, a little bit better than American beauty. Chris Cooper's performance is the reason this movie isn't a joke. Yeah. Um, otherwise it would be a bad, like, kind. Of, and don't get me wrong. I love Disney shit, but like it, it would have that kind of like cool runnings vibe. Um, well, I mean,
1: and, I'm sorry. Were you besmirching Cool Running's name in some way? No, I, I <laughs> talked I, about I, a movie I watched during a half day. <laughs> I tried.
3: I, 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 I tried to set that up in a way that I wasn't. Like yeah. I love Disney.
1: I mean, John John Candy's performance of Cool Runnings is is on the level of Chris Cooper in October Sky. I, I
3: I think it's better, but and I think it's a better movie. But uh, I really do. But I think there's something about October Sky that that irks me from the outset. And that is that, all right, so I, as I said, I love the beginning. I love these sad Americans. It is to me an argument for why the space race is valid, right? Like I think a lot of people look at the space race and say, why did we, wa-, say, why did we waste our time?
5: Mm-hmm. Ultimately,
3: like I get what you're saying. I get that there's some wonder to it. And we went up there and we saw what was on the moon and, and we've launched satellites and that's all great and that's all important. But like why did it really have to be a race, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it had to be a race because we were living in a time where there, there was this cold war and it was a nicer way to fight – than actually blowing each other up. And when we lost that first first leg, I do think it depressed the national psyche, and I do think that that's cool. There is this feeling in this movie that Americans responded by launching really shitty rockets on old coal mines, which is to say the stakes in this movie framed the way that it's framed almost seemed laughable to me right? Like the Gyllenhaal stakes, like the stakes of his, it almost seemed laughable to me. Like, like the, 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 the boys, the boy just has to launch rockets. I don't know. That's not the, that's not the post Sputnik story that I'm really most interested in seeing. Um, and, And in terms of a framing device, it does seem like it set me up for something a lot grander than what we got.
4: That's I will of I, I I and I, I hear that I I mean I think that for me it felt like an impetus for for his passion and ultimately did come to fruition. I mean Homer did go on to work at NASA and did go on to do things within that program. I guess I just didn't think about it as literally as you did, which is just fair. I I don't think that for me I put them next to each other. I didn't think to myself like but, Sputnik but the versus. Movie did. I think that the movie was this kid saw Sputnik in the sky and thought to himself, I want to do that. And I want to figure out a way to do that. And then he watched a failed mission on television that obviously didn't work for the Americans. And he thought to himself, well, I want to try to figure out a way to do that. Now, obviously he's small time. He's a kid in high school. So it's his way of, of, you know, finding his way to do that. Yeah. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. I took the, the, them seeing the, like the, rockets failing is like, well, I failed too like that, you know, everybody has to go over and over to do things. I mean, I think it's like, it's ultimately like a very like liberal messagey movie, even though it is weirdly kind of like, so pro America and American dream, but it is kind of liberal and that it's like, get coal mines are hell. They're going down into hell. Like living in a small town is hell. How are you ever going to get out? Like, you know, this is like anti football, anti whatever. It's like, you can be successful if you're smart. Like do mm-hmm. like study yeah. science. Like it'll it's get very you out of your, education. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, it's, uh, that's like, it's the kind of thing. It's like, Oh, if you like really, if you work hard and like really are passionate about something, you can be successful. <laughs> I don't There's think also, that's a I, bad message. It also, I'm,
3: not, I'm not saying it's a bad, I'm not saying yeah, it's yeah. a bad message. I'm saying it's a little boring. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm saying it's a little, it's a little basic. Um, and ultimately like, you know, this is why I derided his middle brow. Like I, the, the way I kind of, you know, break these out is and the way I've I have i have been breaking it out over the course of the last few podcasts where this has come up is, you know, a highbrow movie is art and it's not all in front of you. And even a lowbrow movie, like we just did Superstar, where superstars is hiding its message under like kind of silliness and filth and um and and you know, kind of blue humor or scatological humor humor, but there's a very deep, resonant message there this movie has nothing under the surface to me. Mm. This movie, it's all, you just said it. You just, you just explain what the movie's about. It's about the value of education. It's about the value of having a nice relationship with your family. Um, and it's all there to me. It's all there right on the surface. And I think it's a extremely well-crafted movie. Yeah. Um, both from a behind the camera, behind the camera point of view and in front of the camera point of view, I think it's well acted, but there's, it's not saying anything particularly interesting to me um and there's no it's ironic because it's a mining movie but there's nothing to mine here
1: right well it's so, kind of like uh you're just saying like is there a place for like things that are down the middle like it's not lowbrow and and it's not highbrow so it's sort of like the tgi fridays of film
3: and there is and i'm not and i'm not <laughs> yeah, and i'm not saying there isn't right yeah. so the the reason that this kind of came about is i think six Sense is like the classic middlebrow movie yeah and i think six Sense is a brilliant movie
4: and i love it but it's all right there it's all about craftsmanship so, I think that this movie does ha- is saying something about the success you can find in failure. I think that it's a, there. It, 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 there is a series of failures that happen through two thirds of this movie, and then it's about figuring out a way to pick yourself back up and do it again. Perseverance. Yeah, That's and
3: I, what I, Cool Runnings is about. Yeah. I,
4: okay. <laughs> I just. I, I guess I'm. I, I to say that this film is devoid of any message, and that there's no subtext to anything that's going on. I didn't say oh, okay, that. Okay. I'm not saying it's a void of any message. You just think I'm the saying message isn't- I'm saying it's
3: yeah, text. Like like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it's text. I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying That's fair. It's it's not. A, it's a great message. Yeah. No. Persever, it, yeah. Perseverance is the best message. Like you can you you can put out in a movie. That's why they do it over and over and over again. Yeah. Like It feels good to see a character fail and pick himself back up or herself back up and then succeed. I mean that's you know that's your kind of typical hero's journey. Yeah. But I again I I just don't think there's anything newer, interesting being said here. So no,
1: I I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, like, I, it's sort of like, it's just a certain kind of movie that I feel like I feel nostalgic for only because they just don't get made. Like, I think it is Mm -hmm. at the, the the quality that it's at, even though it is sort of just like digestible and kind of forgettable in some ways, aside from maybe Chris Cooper's performance, like that kind of a like journeyman regular movie. Like, I think that like. I don't know if you guys feel like you missed those, but I definitely do in some ways as far as, like, the kind of thing that you, like, catch on, like, TNT in the middle of the day when you're, like, homesick. And you're, like, yes. So, like, so, sweet. Like, you know, like. So sometimes
3: yeah. they do, right? You're, like, I totally agree. But, like, occasionally they do. And I do love when they come out. Like, Hidden Figures is the perfect mm-hmm. recent example of a movie like this that I thought was a great movie. And I love watching it. It's not particularly challenging. Yeah. And it takes it, it you get on a cart and it pulls you through the story. It does all the work for you. But um
4: but I, I really do love it. And I Yeah, I mean, I will say that on the hidden figures of it all, I think that Hidden Figures has way more going on in it than this movie does. Like I think that <laughs> one of one of the I guess I would say one of the problems of movies of this ilk from when they were made is that they were very simple. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like there's really three, four characters in this movie and the the journey is, it's a pretty straight line. Mm -hmm. Um, Despite, I think there were a couple turns that I thought were surprising for the most part, it's pretty straight. I think that Hidden Figures is trying to do a whole lot of other stuff. It's a bigger world. It's a lot more complex and it's a better movie. I'm not suggesting it's not. And the stakes are enormous. The stakes are much higher. I mean, any number of things. This movie, I think, really, truthfully, is a coming-of-age movie. It's really about Homer. It's about Mm -hmm. Homer and his friends and them finding a way out of this town or not out of this town. Um, And obviously the father dealing in the father-son relationship. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of a a review from Roger Ebert where he said, um, there have been a lot of recent movies set in high school. She's All That, Varsity Blues, Jawbreaker, all those movies, even the better ones, teenagers who look like soap stars in their 20s, have lives that revolve around sex and popularity. The kids in October Sky look like they're in their mid-teens and they act that way too. Watching Homer get out of Uh, get out his trig book I was reminded how rarely high school movies have anything to do with school how an education is a ticket to freedom perhaps because October Sky is based on a real memoir Homer Hickam's Rocket Boys it doesn't simplify the father into a bad guy or a tyrant he's understandably wants his son to follow in his footsteps and one of the best elements of the movie is in breaking free he is respecting his father um I I know why this movie speaks to Roger Ebert like that that makes sense to me like Mm -hmm. Roger Ebert Mm -hmm. saw himself in these kids um and, and that's all fine and good. Um, and I think that that is one of the better things about the movie. The movie has a stand by me kind of vibe to it of yeah. like real kids kind of dealing a little bit. I, I think it could have used a little more. It, I agree. And then totally. and that's
3: something I said too. I think yeah. there, I think there is a mischievousness or transgressiveness that mm-hmm. may not be right for this movie and the tone they're going for, but this tone will, will not do it for me.
4: Um, the way a stand by me does it for me, but yes, well, stand by me also, I mean, stand by me is a better movie. Yeah. I think we can all safely say that. Um, and stand by me has a very dark underbelly to it. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. about kids trying to find a dead body. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it is a, it's, it's still a Stephen King book or, or novella. So it does have that kind of vibe to it. This movie is pure of its, of its intent and just a, a very sort of like anything's possible, put your mind to it and you can accomplish anything, you know, which is again, not a bad idea, but not an exciting idea either. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I see both sides of it. I, I, I feel like, um, this also, let's talk about Joe Johnson for a second. Cause it does feel like this is all stuff. That, I can't
1: wait. Let's do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> all stuff
4: that feels like, uh, that kind of speaks to his, his filmography. Uh, so he starts his career in 89 with honey. and shrunk the kids. Then he does the rocketeer. Uh, then he does Jumanji, um, which a lot of people I know love Jumanji. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I saw it recently. It's good. It's weird. Have you guys seen the new Jumanji? Game? No, I never saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. Which is it do you kind of, which snuck do you, into
1: the theater to see it. Yeah. Which do you prefer? What do I prefer? Yes. I mean, the original, of the, course. I mean, the new one is just sort of like, I mean, it's not like in canon. So, I mean, yeah, it's, like it's, it's not so, in the Jumanji canon. Um, I, I, I really like the original. I mean, I think it's like. Look, it's it's one of I mean that's there's something to like every single one of Joe Johnson's movies that is like this this is better than
3: it should have been in some ways. (laughs) Like I I like the original Jumanji. I do too.
1: It's like it feels like the stakes feel kind of real to me in some ways. As far as like
3: the Robin Williams, yeah, like he's like
1: he was he like comes back and like his whole family is dead and like his and his like dad was like accused of like murdering him and like it's It's sort of it's kind of real and i think that that's all of that stuff like all of the like adventure in your backyard all the stuff coming in and having to do all these things and like bonnie hunt i mean like bonnie hunt's good and everything and i mean it's, let's
3: it's, be honest it's actually
4: really that the the bonnie hunt relationship is really sweet yeah it's it's also kind of got like a horror kind of vibe to it a little bit too yeah. like it's it there's uh, and by when when i say horror i mean no more horror than than a spielberg movie but like when when he gets pulled into that Game at the yeah. beginning of, of the it's original. Kind
1: of it's kind of scary. If you're like eight years old, you're probably like, you yeah. Know, and and
4: like all these, I mean, everything takes place at daytime, so it's all very bright. But like a lot of those animals are kind of freaky. There's a lot of like, it's, it's, it's. It wouldn't work at night. That's not what's scary. No, I know. It's that, tra- yeah. it's that
3: trample, it's that like safari trample. That yeah. You're, but, I asked the question because I actually prefer the new one, and I think the new one it, for much I worse, haven't seen the much new one. worse reasons, but I will watch it. But uh, I think the new one is like genuinely hilarious.
1: I did think it was well, the Jack Black sort of like the the sort of like a body swapping kind yeah, of thing was, was great. It was oh no, it's much funnier than the, the original is not like I don't think it intended to be that funny. So it's just sort of a different tone. I I thought thought it was really fun. I yeah. just think that like they kind of lost their way a little bit in the video game sort of version like where it's like they all have like three lives and like
3: which cracked me out which
1: doesn't really it it didn't really add up so it made it seem like everybody was going to be fine like it's like there is kind of an element of like maybe you're going to get stuck here but like they didn't it that's not exactly how it worked and so it felt a little bit kind of like Dumber somehow. <laughs> it made a, but I enjoyed it.
4: it. It made a shocking made amount of, shit of, money. of money. It it nine hundred and sixty two million dollars worldwide. I guess all I'm saying is that's, like
1: that's forty five October Skies. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I I watched the second Jumanji. I watched both Jumanji's with my kids back to back, and I think I expected the second one just to be garbage, like total right. trash. Right. And it really cracked me up.
1: Oh no, but it's
4: it's pretty good. I need to watch it. So he does Jumanji, then he does Jurassic Park. He's sorry, he does Jumanji, then he does October Sky. Wait, wait, we also skipped over the Rocketeer. Yeah. Yeah. You Rocketeer. had a Rocketeer story Oh, well,
1: this is, uh, uh, so who's the star of it? Billy, uh, Campbell. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. So <laughs> my friends, like in college, were like, uh, uh, they, we all, there's like at USC, there's like this, uh, movie reviewing, like on the TV, the closed circuit sure, like, TV yeah. network or whatever. They were like a part of it. And so they got like, uh, you know, press credentials to go to premieres. And it was a premiere of, uh, um, of, uh, what the hell is that, uh, walk to remember so many sure. Moore. so they were and i guess i think billy campbell was in it or he was just there just just getting some you know getting some exposure <laughs> Get to or whatever and like I, one of my friends like was like interviewing people and interviewed billy campbell and just completely was like hey so what do you think about the rumors for uh, Rock Tier 2 and he was like what
4: oh. there's a oh. Rock Tier 2 he's like i'm in or whatever and he just made Oh up. my
1: god no it wasn't me i didn't do it i just I, really like,
4: it. I like billy campbell yeah, billy no, he's, Gam- no I mean, but he's you great. know he was like He's like, I'm Got to get my agent on the phone. Right. Uh, so he does Jumanji. He does Tober Sky. Then he gets Jurassic Move. Park 3. I'm not skipping over The Rocketeer yet. Oh, okay. Okay. The Rocketeer is a pretty good movie. I like it The Rocketeer. Is. Yeah, I like it too. Um, if The Rocketeer was a great
3: movie, oh yeah, Joe Johnson's career is. Yeah. Like that. Like a rocket. Like a rocket. <laughs> like a man <laughs> like a, with a like rocket a, pack <laughs> on his back. Um, Rocketeer, he, he, mm. it, it's fine. But, like, it's really a missed opportunity. Like, he, he really did – he hit a double when it should have been a home run. That's Joe
4: Johnson's career. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, you
1: don't think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a home run? Yes, I do think it's a home I run. I feel like that's I, a sure enough. So that's home a home run. Fair sure enough. I completely enough. Yeah. think that Honey, So what did he do after Honey, I Shrunk the Kids that, like, that like Rocket's sent, here. Was that second? Yeah. Oh. So,
3: so, <laughs> so they were so, – so, really so, Yeah, good. so he really did. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a legit home run. It's wonderful. And then he gets this – I think there's like big fucking chance to like a movie that otherwise would have gone yeah, to a Spielberg easily could have I gone to a Spielberg. Totally agree with you. Um, 100%. And he doesn't really whiff, but like it, do, it turns into what? His next movie is Jumanji, right? Which wasn't that cool of a property. Like that wasn't like a,
4: well, like it was a big budget. So, he did, but, so yeah, Jumanji's the next thing he does. And that is, like, that's four years later. That was a picture book.
3: That was a, that was a ch- so child, child he, picture
4: book. $65 million. It makes 262 worldwide. It's a, you know, that's a success. That's a success. Uh, You know, then he does October Sky right after that. Well, not right after another four years until he does October Sky. Which is his one for
3: me. It seems that way. Yes.
4: And then he gets Jurassic Park three, which is a huge gig. You know what I mean? It's should have been a gargantuan success. It's a mild success, but it doesn't really do much. And it kind of ends the trilogy. No one, they don't really follow it up. They don't really do anything with it after that. Carrie, here's some feelings about Jurassic Park three, right?
1: I'm I'm pro Jurassic Park three.
4: Really, you like when yeah. the raptor talks to I mean, Alan?
1: I, I prefer it to Alan. I prefer it to Lost World. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, do you think Lost World is a good movie?
4: Yeah, I'm a, no, <laughs> but I think it's enjoyable.
1: Yeah, well, I, it's a, it's a, I mean, we don't have to go down the, the <laughs> Jurassic mean, my, Park rabbit
4: hole. The Jurassic Park rabbit hole is is yeah, because now we're in a whole new phase of of what are they doing with this franchise? But Jurassic Park three to me was. Again, a missed opportunity is really what I'm getting at. I just I don't think the movie's terrible by any means. And I think he's totally fine. I think Joe Johnson is a totally fine filmmaker right. who keeps getting like, you know, he's a gun for art. Let's talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs>
3: okay. All right. Obviously Spielberg does one and two. Joe Johnson does three. Yeah. Who's this weirdo who does three and Colin, Trevorrow Colin does, Trevor? does weirdo. four and five.
4: Yeah. Colin Trevor does four and five, right? Just four. Five was um oh my god, uh the guy who did uh Who cares? Yeah cool. <laughs> Um <laughs>
3: So it hasn't been like the top, <laughs> top, top, like, guys. Is there – truly, is there another good Jurassic Park movie? Because I'm of the opinion that one is amazing and the rest are really bad. I agree. I think well, that – I do like Diminishing three, returns. I mean, yeah, Not really. I don't even disagree with you. I think three might be the next best one. It, think, it might be. I think be. Lost World is, like, laughable.
4: Lost World is – it's. I mean, Lost World feels like Spielberg felt some sort of – obligation to do it because he knew they were going to do it. Someone was going to do it. So his thought was I can do it or I can hand the reins to somebody else. So like the
3: same year as like,
4: it was the same year, year same as Amistad um, Oh, 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 Jurassic Park was the same. year. <laughs> that Schindler's was the same. Yeah, yeah. Same year as Amistad. Okay. Yeah. So he does Amistad and then he does saving private Ryan right after that. But it so he's like, fuck it. Okay. I'll do the, I'll do the, the <coughs> sequel. And it just feels like a hodgepodge of a bunch of dinosaur shit that he was like, this will be cool to do. And mm-hmm. he was just like, I, I want to be the guy to do it. Uh, and then he obviously doesn't do the third one, and he hands it to, to Joe Johnson. But I, I think that there was a real opportunity in Jurassic World to do something interesting. And they just obviously just whiffed and decided. But it still made a billion dollars, so what the fuck do we know? I, I, I just, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy, lucrative franchise that, to your point and both of our, all of our points, has been diminishing returns basically since the first sequel in terms of quality of film.
3: Mm. But is there a good? Like, is, is, well, the is third, third one. Is the, there a great? The, is there a great Jurassic Park movie to be made? Like,
4: yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, they don't mean, even
3: know what direction. What, what? What? I don't know what form it would take.
4: If Not you the, ask me, no one's my, had, no one's offered it to me. So obviously, I'd, I my take or know. the take that I wish they had done. Which was this was before they did Jurassic World. There was a version of Jurassic Park Four where John Sales wrote a draft where they mm-hmm. militarized the dinosaurs. I think
1: John Sales wrote three too. He might have. He rewrote three. I'm pretty sure.
4: As did uh, Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor.
1: Well, they, yeah, they, those, that's that's where the real money is. <laughs> is the uncredited rewrite.
4: So, but is militarizing it and honestly going hard R with it and making it like an actual like making them horror movies. know. Yeah, it feels a little bit like Pacific Rim. I mean, I guess. I liked Pacific Rim.
3: Not knocking it, just saying like it's kind of out there.
4: True. So he does Jurassic Park 3. Then he does Hidalgo, the Vigo Mortensen movie. I don't know what that movie's even about, but I can see the poster. It was, then he, then he, sounds uh, like an
3: Oscar play. Yeah.
4: Then he – this is so – he gets – he takes over the Wolfman after Mark Romanek is kicked off of it because he wants to make something completely inaccessible, I imagine. Then he's hired to do that. He finishes that movie. It tanks. Then he does Captain America – the first Captain America, um, which is fine. I I think it's a good movie. I think it's great. Kenny thinks it's great. And then he's hired again to take over a plagued production in the recent Nutcracker in the Four Realms. So, Joe Johnson's, like, fine. He's a B-plus filmmaker. And I'm not surprised that he made, I think, a B-plus movie in October Sky. Like, I don't think it's – I think it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie. It's got good intentions. It's well made. His movies look good. They're just – I think – I think, sort of, kind of, maybe what we're all saying is that there's nothing special necessarily about him as a filmmaker, or really special about him. He's just, he's just good. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like no one else has anything to say about that, so well, that's fine.
3: I, I, I like. I even is he like the is he the worst filmmaker who you can get an eighty million dollar budget like Greenlit, or is he like the best? Like, like bad yeah. film, you, yeah. like, I where know what does you're he, saying. where does he, like, if I came in with a movie, I'm a producer and I have Spielberg mm-hmm. and like three, you it. three weeks later, Spielberg drops out. I'm like, guys, it's okay. I got Joe Johnson, Johnston, Johnston. Um, how would you feel as the exec?
1: Well, I think that the, there's sort of just like, there's been like a death of the like regular filmmaker guy. I mean, partially because those movies aren't like don't don't demand anything anymore. And I don't think, I think Joe Johnston is in the same category or like, but you can decide whether like, where is he in the ranks as like sort of like a Donner or like a Zemeckis or like, like those kinds of like dudes or like a Ed Zwick, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like those guys. And I feel like those are sort of, there's, you could grade all of them. Yes. But like, I think, I miss those kinds of movies and, and, and filmmakers who want to make those kinds of movies, because I think that those guys are storytellers or that's what they're prioritizing. Whereas I feel like a lot of the guys that make big budget movies now are like kind of coming maybe from like a commercial background. And it's more about the effects and like the way that it looks as opposed to what the story is Mm -hmm. and everything's got a release date. So like you, the script is like not even done when you like go to do it. So I feel like the, the, the old guys, like I think Joe Johnson is more like a storyteller director and sort of like a journeyman from, a visual perspective or like a style perspective but you know he's actually like he cares about the story which i i i can't i can't hate on you know i what I, I, mean? I, like,
4: I fully agree and i and i and i do appreciate that about him as well and i do think it's interesting you know so he he gets captain america and he doesn't get another marvel movie he doesn't get to do captain america too. they hand that to the russos and now the russos have become obviously these huge filmmakers in their canon um so it, it, it is interesting how and you talk about ed zwick who did I think most recently did the the Jack Reacher sequel. Like these guys are all trying to get into the franchise game because yeah. what choice do you have in the current sort of landscape? Which is also disappointing.
1: Well, but I think they don't even want to do those movies. I they know. just have to. Like they wouldn't totally know. be like down for their, yeah. th- their thing. Yeah. They like they don't want to do it. I think yeah. it's like when you get into a room with those guys, they don't they're like yeah. they have their thing that they can't get made that they really want to do that's probably like an October sky type <laughs> yeah. movie. And they're yeah. like, everybody's yeah. got their October well, sky and their
3: couple Of those, yeah. I you know Ed Zooks had TV shows like that. He yeah. also made, you know, I, we've talked about The Siege before, which is very clearly like something that's important to him. Yeah. Um, and even like, you know, your man Alex Kurtzman makes a bunch of big budget stuff, and then he uh-huh. also makes like a few like smaller movies that are very yeah. clear, near and dear yeah. to his
4: heart. Well, JJ does it. I mean, Super Eight was an example of yeah. that to a certain extent. To I mean, a I think extent, that for sure, I think that there are a lot his, of his small movies are 120 small. million dollars, yeah. but
3: you know, but
4: I, yeah, I, I think it's very. It is very interesting that we're sort of in this. There just isn't a lane for this stuff anymore.
3: Well, there is. It's a little bit. So, so if every once in a while, and I, I don't know what the movie's like yet. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it sounds like it's going to be a player. Green Book is another example of a filmmaker who does different kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Who is coming out with something that I think is very personal to him. That seems like it's kind of in the same tonal area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it set my sense of at least what I'm hearing about it from reviews is that he kind of connects mm-hmm. that Farrelly kind of connects and does kind of nail this thing. It's weird. Cause we were talking about the, the Colin Jost movie on the last podcast where Colin Jost had this movie apparently called Staten Island summer. Yeah. That was about his childhood. And it seems like he cashed in his chips a little early. <laughs> um, he could have had a bunch of other stuff and then, you know, went back and said, I want to make a movie about my childhood and maybe it would have connected. Yeah. But yeah. I afraid? think, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of lovely that most filmmakers harbor this sweet story that's important to them. That is their like true blank check. Mm -hmm. Um, And some connect, some don't, but, but I want everybody to have the chance to make it.
4: Yeah. And and, I mean, I don't know if October wrote October, October sky was his blank check. I don't know if it was his project that he had in his back pocket. I think, but I do think it it is his, his, it feels that way. I I do. I
3: do think it is like kind of, uh, I, I, I would known, that this is his like passion project.
4: Yes. Yes. Oh. It and it feels that. I mean it also feels like this is this is how he makes movies. It's nothing is holding him back. Do you know what I mean like mm. stylistically? I don't feel like he's this this stallion that's being kept in the barn by the studio system.
1: Well, yeah, but you know I, mean, I mean I think that there's like I mean there's a whole other conversation about like this goes back to the storyteller versus st- overly stylized yeah kind of like
4: Auteur. bullet time yeah, yeah. or
1: no, but I'm saying even the people that are kind of doing the yeah. kind of like speed ramping type yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that the uh, guys like Joe Johnston, but or, but more so like guys like John McTiernan or uh-huh. like, like Richard Donner or whatever, like they use the camera to tell the story in their framing and whatever, but they're not like zooming through a keyhole, yeah. like, bleh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and like, I think like, I think sometimes, like, that style over substance is, like, is rewarded yeah. in a way well I don't – unnecessarily, I think, and, like
4: – Because it's noisy. Yeah, but, it, it, it's, but, yeah but 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 yeah I think yeah. it's,
1: like, there's there's something to be said for a filmmaker – and I'm not saying Joe Johnson's at the top of this list, mm-hmm. but I just think there's something to be said for a filmmaker that can, like, make an amazing movie, but you don't – they don't show their hand as much. They're kind of just, like, this is great – and you kind of don't even realize it unless you're really analyzing it. Like, I feel like Unfred October is like a great example yeah. of like mm-hmm. that kind of a directing well, style. Well, there's a
4: confidence in that. Well, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, and I, I'm, so I'm a quiet confidence in mm-hmm. it. And a lot of these filmmakers that you're speaking of, of under cranking and doing all these crazy fucking things with the camera are people that are, or Michael Bay would be an example of that. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, Michael Bay is his own thing. But, but you like, know, but I'm, I'm, that's an extreme example of it. But just someone who is insecure in their storytelling abilities so they're going to have so much sort of noisy,
3: you know, shiny things. We can talk about
4: that another time. But I think the I think the, the two kind of
3: kings of this style, we've talked about a lot. Um this 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 kind of show don't tell. Um it almost seems workmanlike, but whatever. The, the two guys are Ron Howard and, and Rob Reiner. Yeah. Um and two directors we've covered. You know, Ron Howard did that TV and Rob Reiner did a terrible movie called The Story of Us. <laughs> Um, but we've really been we've been able movie. to dip into their filmographies yeah. a bit, and uh, I think person, you know, I think the Rob Reiner, Ron Howard, n- late eighties, early nineties su- studio movie is dead, and it sucks. Yeah, I love those movies. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I'm
4: completely with you. Um, Do you think I, it's that we're too high concept now? I mean, and, and no, we're too insecure.
1: Okay, I think. Well, yeah, I don't think... uh, It's the same
3: thing, but yes. I think it's
1: mostly, like... I think part of it is the death of movie stars that, like, they can't... You could, like, wind your watch to, like, how much a movie was going to make opening weekend, like, in the 90s if it had, like, X, Y, and Z movie star and it was, like, a thriller or it was a this. Like, you could just... You kind of knew what it was going to make opening weekend, and then it was up to the producer and directors to, like, make a good movie so then it has legs past the opening weekend. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, now there's just... aren't as many you can't get, no one is a guaranteed opener Draw. except for these like huge, huge movies that have like whatever kind of like spectacle that people might show up for or whatever. Marvel, or IP. Yeah. that's yeah. yeah, whatever yeah, IP people yeah. care about. So like, I think that they can't guarantee that anymore. Um, so I think that that's, that's, I think that's a big part of it. And then I think the new, new class of filmmakers that are coming out don't seem to want to prioritize those kind of movies. um, So it just, there's very few people like, that's why I kind of love like a, like, like Ryan Coogler and, and Bradley Cooper, honestly, I'm like super into both of their, where their careers are headed. Cause to me, I mean, I think Ryan Coogler has, is more of a, he has more of a style than some of the people we're talking about, but he seems to have a real understanding of like Hollywood Tropes mm-hmm. and knows exactly how to use them,
4: weaponize them, <laughs>
1: and and also have an indie sensibility and be subversive and interesting. And I'm like, I can't. I I'm like, I'm here for like every movie he makes for that yeah. reason. And I feel that. I mean, like we'll see what he does next, but like that's how I felt coming out of Stars Born, where I was like, oh, Bradley Cooper's gonna like make real movies.
3: I want to talk about both those guys because <laughs> it's a really interesting point. uh So you're talking, you're you're where we're talking about all this is. I'm trying to think of someone who does this nowadays. Yeah. Um, and Kugler came to my mind mm. and, but the thing with Kugler is Kugler's made three movies. One is an indie movie, incredible movie. Um, but whatever, like that's great. You know, a lot of people can get $5 million, $5 million less to make a movie. Second movie he made is the seventh sequel of a, Incredible franchise. And it's so good. It's so good. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. And it's a, quote unquote, middle brow movie to me too, to some extent. And it's an amazing movie. And it's exactly the kind of movies we're talking about that doesn't exist anymore. But it could only exist because it's the seventh roster. Exactly. Then he goes and makes the best superhero movie maybe fucking ever. Yeah. But again, and and, and part of the reason why it's so great is because no one knows anything about Black Panther. They come up with a completely new story and it's completely up to him on him and Joe Robert Cole and whoever else was involved in the making of that movie. But, um, even Ryan Coogler, who's very clearly a genius, had to kind of work his way up through IP. You take Bradley Cooper, another movie I'm crazy about it's the fourth fucking, um, it's a fourth remake or the third remake of a movie from the thirties. So Bradley Cooper, who again, Takes a simple idea, makes it completely his own, rewrites an entire new movie with in, with new characters and new problems. Still, also had to work his way up through this IP world, and that's that's very upsetting to I think I people like us who would just love to come and say, "I have this idea. It is not Rocky. It is not a Barbara Streisand movie that's reheated. Um, <laughs> and please make it for thirty five million dollars." And almost no one will do it.
4: Yeah. So. It's. I mean, it, it. You. You have to wonder whether or not the pendulum will swing back to original stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if we can keep doing what we're doing. I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I don't know how long you can do the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe. I don't know how long you can do the Star Wars. Maybe I'm crazy.
3: No. Well, you can't do it that long, Star Wars, because that's in a bad, in bad shape. But another, just one more point I want to make about this is like movies do come out that are that are original, wholly original. And, you know, what we would consider mid-budget movie nowadays, right? Which is about 50 to 80. And uh, so often, f- fucking film Twitter shits all over them. Yep. Um, they shit all over them before they come out yep. for even trying. Green Book's kind of a good example right now. I think people are kind of rooting for it to fail.
5: Mm.
3: Um, and they shit, over, they shit all over it after it came out. And I do think that people who are involved in film directly or tangentially – have to give movies a chance to breathe. Um, And also, you know, and I might, I might be doing what I'm, I might be guilty of what I'm I'm
0: rallying, what I'm railing against right now with this movie, but. Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Nice! Yeah!
3: What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, and give it a chance. And like, like I don't think October Sky is the best movie of all time, but I I do
4: recognize that the best of intentions. Yeah, I mean, filmmakers are terrible. Well- I mean, just in general, not it's, always. It's, 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 I mean, sometimes it's, it's a force for good. 10 percent <laughs> of the time, maybe it it does feel like it's just it's a breeding ground for for a lot of negativity. But it's snark, it is. It's just tough. But um, so I, I think that this movie to sort of talk about how Joe Johnson made the film. I think it's to speak to your intent. I think that, you know, it's very autumnal. It's got this gray kind of quality to it, obviously because of the mines. They also said that, um, that there were, there were a bunch of weather shifts and tornadoes in the area. and that created a lot of the look of the, of the film. Um, He talks about how he wanted the mine to be the villain of the movie, which he made very clear. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, and, and I, coal mining scares the shit out of me. The idea of going underground, it just it just sounds it sounds and looks horrific to me um and i think they do a good job of not making it seem terrifying because mm-hmm. i think it's terrifying but um i don't know it's it's a very interesting subculture i couldn't help but think a little bit of sort of a little bit of the sort of Trump world that we live in right now and, and the sort of. Oh, that he wants to bring that back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it sounds pretty bad. I mean, like, like, it's like.
4: It doesn't look like a good thing. It's terrible. People, well, but, yeah, well, it, black I also, lung.
1: Yeah. The thing that was interesting to me rewatching it is I was like, oh, so like the mines were like dying in the fifties and like people are still like, cool money. And I'm like, what? This, it yeah. sounds like it was like already like having a tough time yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like 60 years ago. I mean, like, I'm yeah. like, Jesus. It's yeah, hard, it's it's hard it's to crazy. get the shit.
3: Yeah. yeah. Getting the shit kills you. Yeah. Then putting then burning the shit kills everybody else, yeah. and we have pretty good alternatives these days. Yep. It's so insane.
4: Yeah, uh, I it's, it's I really do crazy. love
3: the idea. It's just a weird American little quirk. I and I don't love it in real life, but I I love the idea that these companies
4: literally own these towns.
3: Yeah, yeah. that's a crazy thing that happened in America to me.
4: Yeah. So. Um, I also have to say, speaking of like the one turn that I did find interesting when Homer does, does decide to become a coal miner, I didn't necessarily expect that mm-hmm. um so i i was pleased that they went there and it created maybe the most tension for me as a viewer at that point of not knowing necessarily where it was going to go right i mean ultimately it was just a little subplot and they just went back to where they were going right. but it was still nice that they did it um
1: well i also think yeah. it's like a great moment when chris cooper is like really he says how proud he is of oh, yeah. of homer for uh doing that for going down to the mines and like, it's sort of, it's such a kind of sad moment because Mm -hmm. he's like, you can't be proud of me for like the thing I really want to do. But then they, they obviously like, once you get to the end, like that's sort of the point of the movie. And like he, he, I would say, Homer's a little self-aware about like his relationship with his father. Like he sort of like that was fifteen years of therapy that he just got on the bus ride back to Indianapolis. <laughs> he's like, no, it's not. That, it's not because we're different. It's because we're the same. And you're like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> <you're> like, whoa.
4: <laughs> it also that portion of the film hands me probably two of my favorite moments from the movie. The first is uh, Chris Cooper and Jake Gyllenhaal bonding in mm-hmm. the mines. Mm-hmm. Chris Cooper never looks happier than he does in that moment mm-hmm. when the two of them are just like, his son's really great at it. Yeah. And yeah. he feels like, oh, great. Like, it's all going to work itself out. And then the first shot of Jake going into the mine and looking up at the sky yeah. is yeah. the best shot of the movie. Yeah. Like, that's the movie encapsulated in one shot. It's, it's really masterfully done. Um, I also kind of love, in a weird piece of trivia, that Jeff Bezos apparently was inspired by October Sky. Great. Uh, So (laughs) Joe Johnson's to blame for our society. He basically (laughs) saw a screening of October Sky in 1999, and in a subsequent conversation with science fiction writer Neil Stephenson, Bezos commented that he always wanted to start a space company. So he did. Great. He did?
1: Just like that. that Blue Origin.
4: Apparently it's a private aerospace manufacturing services company.
3: Oh, so, well... It sounds, like,
4: it sounds like he's just trying to deliver weapons.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, maybe. When we become Amazonia.
4: Yeah, yeah. Amazonia. I'm okay with it. You, wow, you've really resigned oh, yourself to it already. I'll take Bezos up for what we have. No question.
3: I, I, Bezos kind of – This is how it starts.
1: <laughs> this is like – I feel like we just – A couple, of, just, couple like, of
3: good Germans over here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we just ended up like – we're like in Fight Club basically. It's like, yeah, planet Starbucks, like it's yeah, happening. Yeah. So.
4: yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there's and all this stuff that I was reading about in New York about how frustrated I guess Queens doesn't want this new Amazon warehouse that they're building yeah. there or something like that. Headquarters. Anyway. Yeah. Uh so you wanna talk about the uh plot of yeah. this movie? Okay uh so the movie opens as we talked about the radio announcement russia beat us into into space with sputnik and it's cross-cut with moments in coalwood west virginia which is crazy that they literally named the town that but that's i don't don't know i know a lot of people live in studio city california (laughs) fair enough touche
3: i mean yeah (laughs) you win been holding on to that one for a while really well, I've always thought it was so crazy that they named the place Studio City. It's like, ridiculous. Like, this place definitely existed before the studios. So someone
4: came in, oh, you know, we've got a lot of them. we got studios here. So, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Homer tries out for the football team, and he gets his ass kicked. I guess he wants to follow in his brother's footsteps. and He's looking to get a scholarship, and he sees that that's maybe the only track to getting a scholarship. Because I'm assuming scholarship is the only way you're getting out of Dodge. It's the right. only way you're getting out of these towns. Where they you don't basically have the means. say that. Yeah, they basically it's basically
3: explicit.
4: Like if yeah. you don't get out playing football, you're which going like to the mines. two people have ever yeah. done, yeah. you're going to the mines. Yeah.
1: which is, And you're never going to get laid if you're not a football player.
4: No. There's that too. Yeah. There's a lot of emphasis on that, which is weird because they never pay that off. Like the weirdest part of this film for me yes, is the relationship do. between Jake Gyllenhaal and – whoever that is what is that girl's name i don't i Do it, they it ever say feels her name?
1: Like, no 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 i feel like there's got to be something on the cutting room floor that it's they so weird. left out cuz they don't even like name her no, she's, she's a, just sort of like like no i like she like likes that he's smart when he's like doing yeah. the the like the math on the like chalkboard she's like just fanning all right, herself. And she's like yeah she's like yeah, super and she just intimate. like shows up
4: silently in shots like just enters his personal space at times and i'm like is something about to happen and then nothing happens she's yeah. she's a prize to be one i mean like the, the other, other one is though.
3: Well, they both are. Like if the idea yeah. if the idea is girls will like you if you play football, the, right. the, the, yeah. I think the idea of the joke not to kill him, but the idea is putting forward is no girls will like you if you're smart too. Mm. Um, yeah, it, like Laura Dern. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, not. It's not. Yeah. The, it's not the best part of the movie, but that also feels like very much of this like of the time, to- not the fifties, of the nineties, of the time and like kind of this down the middle, like won't ruffle any feathers. You know, it's a movie from the male perspective and women are to be one. And I, I don't mean to, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to hit it
4: too hard for that. Cause I really do think that's like of the
3: moment. Yeah.
4: But you know, and also it's, it's to your point, it's been whittled away to such an extreme amount of this, that it almost doesn't even make an impression. Well, it's even it's, just, it's even weirder that way. But like, I, no, yeah. I, it's weirder that way narratively because yeah. you're just like, wait, like even at the very end when she shows up, there isn't a kiss, there isn't even a hug. Yeah. It's just some weird like he just, just sort just of, like of like half
1: starts talking to her <laughs> and then the scenes and that's the only <laughs> part of the movie where you're like, something got do messed we, up. Yeah. Do, something.
4: Do, yeah.
3: Did that become his wife? Like, do we think that that became his wife? Uh, maybe. Is this on some, like, I mean, we came up with the yes. music of the heart, yes, like, yes, thing yes. where, like, it's in, it's it's important in the biography, or the autobiography in this case. It's important in the autobiography. And the filmmaker felt like, well, we need to put Publicated. it in there, because because this did matter to Homer. But not much of a story there. Like, they went to school together, and yeah. you know, they started dating, and they got married.
4: It does, from what little research I did, or it does, or that's available, quite honestly, it does feel like... Homer was very involved in the development of this, and it mm. is, and, and that he seemed very sort of outspoken. Mm. He was even outspoken about like he was frustrated by some of the machinations with the father-son story. It just seemed like this guy was it's like, hard. you need to tell this story the way that it happened. Mm-hmm. And th- that's not always the most cinematic, unfortunately. Uh either way, we meet Homer's father, played by Chris Cooper, who runs a coal mine, and uh he saves one of the miners' lives when part of the mine collapses. Then we meet Laura Dern, who I think is really sweet in this movie and yeah. actually very well cast. Mm-hmm. I, I I felt like she felt real to me, and also sort of like spunky, and and it felt she felt right in the casting.
3: She, she's never bad.
4: That's true too. And it's been like thirty plus years
3: of her just like yeah, she's just never being bad. Yeah, she's great. And, and I always like her in these. Like Blue Velvet. Like I like her in the small town. Yes. Like I think that's who she is. And she a lot feels of ways. girl next
4: door, but like. Of a higher echelon than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, she plays the Sputnik thing for her class to try to inspire the class, and it inspires Homer and – what is it? Quinton. The Shermanator. The Shermanator.
1: Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he's not inspired. He just wants some friends. <laughs>
4: like, did, and, and he knows a little bit about
3: science.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. he sits down with him at the, yeah. the cafeteria, and everybody's like, what? What
3: are you doing?
1: That Talking guy, to that, that guy? That guy's even poorer than us. <laughs> don't. Don't
3: sit down.
4: Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, yeah, basically.
3: I looked at that guy's filmography. This is, like, the only role that he's ever done where he wasn't, like, some, you know, yeah. like, teenage goober, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's not bad. He's not
4: bad. He's and he's a sweet. He, seems he could really, have been a he, he could, could have, have been a thing. Yeah. yeah, he was. Right, well, he, his name's he Chris looks, Owen. He all, Owens. He also makes me think of um, God. What's the kid's name from Toy Story? Andy the kid across the street, Spike. Oh, Sid. Sid. Oh, sorry, Sid. It feels like his dog. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Then that night, everybody watches Sputnik cross across the sky, and Homer is awestruck by it. And it's one of – and there are many moments because of the subject matter of people looking at the sky awestruck. But I don't know. I'm a sucker for that stuff. It's very Spielbergian, and I'm just – I don't know. I love it. It's just that idea that, like, there's something bigger than us. I don't know. I'm a sucker for it. Anyway, at breakfast, Homer tells his family he's going to build a rocket. He basically just says, I'm going to build a rocket to them. And they're like, okay, go build a rocket. Like, it's it's kind of weird. But it's – I kind of – this is where I tap into what you're talking about. Because there's a one-to-one of, of – there's a one to ness of it, but also a small – It's so small. that it, I, just, I agree. There's a little bit of – it does
3: – I just – what I keep I, I getting get at is like I, I guess Homer Hickam very well may have become – an important guy in American aeronautical history. I can't really tell if he did or not, but he may have well be, yeah. he may well have become a very important guy. Um his origin story is not that interesting. It has the veneer of a guy who invented something yeah. or a guy who pioneered something. Like hidden figures. Like someone hidden who broke broke new broke ground. yeah, broke yeah. a barrier or 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 something along those lines. Um, or someone who wound up to be you know wound up becoming like John Glenn, right? Someone someone something along those lines. Sure but he seems like he certainly wasn't a big enough figure in American aeronautical history to have broken through outside of this movie. Yeah. And what he did as a youth, it just feels
4: so small. It's, It's what we all did at camp, you know, it does get bigger and it does have a bigger stake and I do think yeah. that similar to similar He inspired to superstar. a
1: town. I mean, did you watch it?
4: He did. He inspired a town. I
1: mean, he inspired them. Which is a to board. Shut down their town and move. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, we gotta get out of here.
4: Yeah. yeah this isn't working. Yeah. I do think it, to, to, to call back to superstar. It's a mission. Like there there is a clear mission, a clear goal, which is I'm going to get a scholarship through these rockets. Mm-hmm. And if I use if I get in, you know, if I start to work with Quinton and these other guys, maybe this is my way out of town. And giving your main character a goal and a mission and that, that clarity I think is, is great because I know what I'm rooting for and you're rooting for that as, and that doesn't feel small. The rockets might feel small, but the mission to me feels bigger and larger because he wants a better life.
3: You're right. You're right. That's a, that's a really good point. I think, I think that that could have been hit harder, (laughs) hit harder. Yeah. Um, more people could have died. Um, (laughs) (laughs) For one, for two, it really, they really could have hit the idea harder of this almost like factory line of graduate college, go right into the mines, graduate college, go right into the mines and how horrible it is for everybody. It's there. But I think a lot of that is us taking what we know about how horrible mine life is, but they did a good job. Like the mine really, there's an obvious juxtaposition of space and underground. Yes. And how horror, like there's just, subtle. there's nothing new underground yeah. Yeah. Uh, except black Long, <laughs> And I, I, I see, I see that there. Like you, you, you are convincing me to some extent that this movie is, is more important
4: than I gave it credit for. So. Well, there's still a ways to go. Um, <laughs> Buckle up. In, in uh, but so Homer builds a rocket, lights it with his friends. I love the shot of the explosion of them being blown backwards yeah. after that first rocket and blowing a hole in the, in the picket fence. Um, then Homer risks being a social pariah and goes, talks to Quentin in the, in the, uh, in the cafeteria. Uh, and, and I think it's here that he hears about the science fair and that's when he's like, okay. So I do feel like in a weird way they could have swapped it and he could have realized that the science fair was a way out and then the rockets become, it. it it's a little weird that they go, that they, they go backwards into it, mm-hmm. that it's like. I'm gonna build rockets. Rockets could be my way out. I feel like the science fair maybe there was a way of swapping it. It doesn't it ultimately doesn't matter. Um, John finds out that the mine that he works that he I do is he He's running this mine, correct, Chris Cooper? He,
1: yeah, he's like the manager. I mean he's right. like the lead guy.
4: Right. So when it's not producing the levels that they need, his ass is on the line. Is that what the impression Yeah, well I mean I
1: think it's like what they're saying is like the mine the town is gonna to be like shut down, basically, right. is like what they're saying. And he's like Open that. up a new shaft. I can go down there and get it. You right. Know, like you right. Know, whatever. And they're
3: like, it's interesting. There's like a, it, it, there's almost a, a warlike, I, like um, mindset to being a mining crew. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's that no man left behind mindset. There's that, I'm going down there with my brother's idea. He does have kind of this almost general vibe to him. Um, and he does have to be a hero on several, several occasions. Like, yeah. I think they could have hit that harder too. I think they could have hit the, hit the idea harder that like, yes, he's working in a dying industry and he does want his son to go into this dying industry and it is killing everyone around him, but he doesn't know any better. And he is a heroic man.
4: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think there's, there's a nobility to him, but also to Carrie's point, I I like the fact that, that they don't turn him into something larger than life, that he feels like an every man, no, which, which doesn't mean him, doesn't mean he's any less heroic, but do you sort of know what I? I think that by by dialing it back a little bit makes him feel. I don't know if
3: they if they if they made it any bigger than he is. Yeah. If they made him, you know, also the mayor or some shit. Yeah. Um, it would suck. I agree with that. That's not what I'm going for. Yeah, no. I I, I, I think he's. I think you hit it. I think he's noble. Yeah. Um, and I think the movie did a really good job not turning into. There's there to me there's a there's a weird parallel with Varsity Blues. Because James Jill There's Jake Gyllenhaal basically speech, has the yeah. same speech as James Vanderback. Yeah. I don't want your life. I don't want your life. In, yep. Yep. in varsity blues, James Vanderbeek's dad same is same a same accent, also. I don't want your You're and alive. it's also yeah, the same pause. I yeah. don't want James Vanderbeek's dad, and that is a fucking villain. A yeah. mustache twirling yeah, yeah. villain. The movie is what it is because of that. It will never be a more interesting movie than like the the cartoon version of right. Texas football that it is. And it's fun and it kind of knows what it is. This movie, if if it went in that direction with Chris Cooper, um, it would I, th- I I just it it wouldn't have been, I don't know I like it better for this like it's my my Home Again argument to you which you hated so much, but I but Fuck I home like again. Home Again
4: I like you, Home the again. Reese Witherspoon movie that came out earlier last year oh
3: yes I yeah. saw that I watched
1: that on the plane.
4: That movie. Sucks. Did you like it?
1: I mean, no. So I like it. I mean, like, it's like it was fine. It's just sort of like the pottery barncore kind of movie. What's yes. Nancy Meyer's daughter? So
3: I like that pottery barncore. <laughs> I I like that movie for the same reason I think there's value in this movie. Which is in and Joe Johnson I think agrees. Most people aren't villains. Most people are are nice to each other and are trying just to do right by themselves and by each other and aren't trying to fuck each other over. I think there's this pervasive attitude, especially within movies, that there are always these people who are trying to fuck you over. But mm-hmm. that's not the case in Home Again, a lovely movie. And that's not the case in this, which is also like – even
4: though I'm, I don't like it, I do think it's a lovely movie. Yeah, I, just just to be clear, I don't think that Home Again is malicious in its intent. No, I think I that it's think just cloistered in its own sort of like rich, sort of bougie nonsense that I didn't love. But I understand that it's not – it's not saying anything bad about the world. It's saying, what if you lived with boys and they were nice? <laughs> you know I mean like – Yeah.
3: That's right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what if these guys were nice? That's basically it. It's like, what if the guys from Entourage were nice? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, um, there's a great shot that I loved here uh, at this point with the kids walking up to what ultimately would become their rocket launching site. Mm-hmm. And it's this shot sort of from the ground of them all holding all these tools and on this sort of like black sort of gray stone, um, you know, swath of land or whatever you want to call it, where they're going to launch these these rockets. Um, and it just has a very sort of like almost mythical quality to it. Like there's moments where – they make these kids doing this thing that can seem silly or small feel so momentous and so sort of important, mm. um, which again comes back to sort of the coming of age of it all. Like these feel like huge moments in these kids' lives. So even if it can feel a little bit um, small, it's not to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the to me that it all like just – it goes back to Chris Cooper. Like every scene, that's like sort of what I wait for yeah. is like the scenes between – chris Cooper and anyone right because it's i mean it's his coming of age in a way it's like him accepting yeah. that like that his that to for his son to succeed he has to do something different he can't yeah. that the thing that his, his the, the 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 subtext is that he's accepting his own death yeah. by like allowing his son to like live in this different way and I think there's something really kind of like tragically beautiful about that.
4: Totally. It also, as you were just saying that, it kind of clued something in that I think I might have missed when I was watching it, which is that the older brother, when, when Chris Cooper gets injured, one of them has to go to the mine to work, to make money for the family, mm-hmm. essentially. And Homer takes the bullet so that the older brother who has a scholarship can go to school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And that is is also a noble moment, a moment where a younger brother who doesn't want to do this thing is going to do it for the betterment of the family. Mm-hmm. And and Chris Cooper recognizes that, and and I think it's part of what motivates him to do what he does at the end of the film, you know, to help his other son who achieve his dreams and achieve what he wants to do, which I think is also very nice. You know, what I mean, like all, all of this, yeah. I, it's interesting that that it's just it's not it's not a noisy movie, and it, the machinations are are not particularly you know. Big, but it's sort of a sign of when your life is small, or you're living in a small town. Smaller things can have seismic effects. Um, oh, uh, then then the father helps Homer with some supplies for his rocket. I guess there's some stuff that they weren't using that he gives to them. Um, and then they there's also another moment that I love when they're in the chemistry class and they're mixing all the different chemicals, and then they pour them down the sink to to get it away from. And some kid throws a match in, and that shot of the flames coming out of all the sinks is, is a great yeah. shot. Um I don't know. I just I love that. Uh like
1: and then Homer was suspended and then we're back to school And someone was
4: horribly burned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh then the kids start selling parts of this this part I didn't really get. They start selling parts of the train tracks.
1: Well, they basically no. like they can get iron like from the train yes. tracks, right. like that that's like worth an X amount of money like per pound, okay. and that's how they get enough money to get the the high grade steel to okay. make
4: the
3: all right which is pretty clever i like i I, liked it too yeah and i liked the part with the train too very same by me even though you saw it coming (laughs) yeah it was kind of cool yeah and i think like that's kind of what i mean like i do think this like the craftsmanship is on point Mm -hmm. and the moments are on point um and just but it just as a whole not particularly surprising You can continue
4: um so now we have a, a great montage of all the rockets exploding and all their failures every time one of those rockets would just like take off and careen i was like someone's gonna die like how did they not kill someone with these things it looks so insanely dangerous but anyway um rumors spread about homer's rockets and a group shows up to see the launch and the launch works it's the first time that it works and i got goosebumps i don't know it just worked like it's i i guess i'm just a sucker for like a to b to c and then c works and I don't know, success, people being successful and mm-hmm. just seeing that is just really nice. Um, then Miss Riley gives Homer a book to help him get to the science fair. And she gets yelled at by her boss for helping the kids like, learn something. I'm just like
1: – Yeah, don't, don't put crazy dreams hope. in their head. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they're never getting out of this fucking town. <laughs> it's like I don't – I don't know. It's, I know they're just trying to give an obstacle for her, but sure. it just it felt a little bit. But bad. I
3: also liked that he was turned kind of quickly. Yes. You know, just, just to my point, like, I get why a principal would say that. Like, he's – the if, yeah. if they hit this harder of this idea of, like, there's been some people who've been smart that's come through this town before, but they come right back. I don't care right. how smart you think this 11th grader is. He's going to work in the mines. So if you try to tell him he can go <laughs> launch a rocket to the moon, uh, you're probably going to end up with a with a broken heart. And you want to know, like, 99% of the time he'd be Right. Right. But as soon as he sees that it's real, he turns because he's a decent guy. Yep. And that's the idea that that I respect with this movie. Most of these people are decent people.
4: I think everyone- They can be convinced of things. I think
3: everyone in the movies- Decent. I can't think of a, a human villain, the principal, for like half a second, but. The
4: mine is basically the villain in this movie. Yeah. No, no,
1: the villain is the like hot girl that like <laughs> oh, just yeah. is yeah. like her loyalty. Like, what a Fairweather fan there. She's just like, she's yeah. like, here, sign my newspaper. Yeah. And then she's like, never mind, you're arrested. I'm going to date your brother. Like, yeah,
3: turns yeah, she's, so she's the true villain are, of the Are we movie. at that party at the, the arrest?
4: Yes. Mm, okay. Here, here's what I'll say about that. Cause I also was like, This is weird, but I also sort of kind of was like, okay. I was okay with it because I didn't see it coming, but it also felt a little bit like, so walk me through what happens. They, they, a rocket sets a fire, not one of theirs, Mm -hmm. but someone sets off a rocket because rockets are all the rage now. It's not a rocket. It's not a rocket? a flare.
1: Yeah. Well, they don't, they didn't find, or they hadn't, I mean, what it seems like this is a little bit, you know clumsy but it's basically like the fire goes off they're like who could have started this fire they're like oh well these kids are setting off rockets because at that point they're like famous they had been right. in the newspaper and then so the so it's like she's like sign my newspaper and he's like sweet like i'm in and then the cops are like yeah. not too fast buddy <laughs> like it's not fast you're getting arrested and then uh uh and then so then they get arrested and but then you know, Miss Riley shows up and she's like, you got these bars and handcuffs, you know? And then, so then they and get, she's right. Yeah. And she's like, this is weird. And then, so then they're like, yeah, okay, cool. you like, you don't have to go to jail, but like you can't launch off any more rockets. And, and then like, so then they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. And then right after that is when the, the dad gets hurt and then right. he has to go work. Right. The Cause that's
4: that's So this is also with this other girl who, am I crazy? Is her name Valentine?
1: I think that I don't know if she has a name. I mean, we're going to call she, her Valentine because I'm almost
4: positive that that was what he called her, but I could be wrong. So he goes to this bar. That's where he sees the brother with the, with the girl.
1: Yeah, she's she's completely like just like within half a day. Yeah, she's, she's like, like never like, mind. Fuck you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and then this girl shows up. Yeah. And just walks up to Homer outside and, and says, "Rockets kiss. are cool." Yeah. And gets, like, within inches of his face, it looks like they're going to kiss. But then they don't but show But then they it. don't. This, is, this they, is
1: what I'm saying. Why would they not
4: show but it? But then they cut to the back. They're in the backseat of a car. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, wait. L- like, don't say they- anything. Right. But then nothing happens. No. And then an explosion goes off, and his dad gets injured. Yeah. That was very weird. <laughs> yeah, and- yeah. That whole,
1: the whole scenario doesn't – yeah, it just doesn't – it seems like it. something got messed up, and they couldn't
3: – Yeah, you know- it's weird. It does. It seems – I was going to say it seems, you know, network noty, studio noty, but what it really seems like is Homer's like. Gotta understand, this is my wife.
4: You gotta get her in the movie. Like it does. This is how we met. You know, but, or, but don't show us doing anything. <laughs>
3: it's now, weird. Well, we didn't do anything. We just sat in the back of a car. That was.
4: How, that's what we did. Yeah, they just sat in the back of a car. It's it very weird. strange. Uh, so then the family finds out that John might lose his eye. Then we have the thing we were talking about, where someone has to work the mines to help the family. Homer signs up to be a coal miner. We have that great shot of him going into the mine. Um, John Heels tells Homer to go back to school, but Homer's like, I don't need it, I don't need to go back to school. And this sets up that R- Mrs. Riley was his impetus for going back. That she yeah. got sick and she's like, If you were able to get into, if you were able to get into the science fair, it would all be worth it. Is sort of kind of what
1: Well, she's just saying like that's like how her life has meaning is like being able to help kids sure, be successful. Sure. Fair enough. It's actually kind this- of,
4: it's actually kind of Sad.
3: Like it's kind of devastating. This idea of like you go to some coal mining town, you're going to be a teacher, and it wouldn't matter if not for one kid who went Gets did out something of town. remarkable. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not really. It's not really a value judgment because I, 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 I believe it completely. I believe that this character may have felt this way completely, but it is just a very sad thing that you know. Essentially, she looks at every kid who goes back to the coal miner, marries a coal miner, as
4: a failure, yeah, on her part. Yeah, so that's kind of sad. It, I mean, she is, she's obviously a, a tragic character. Um, but I think that, I don't know, Laura Dern plays her in a way that doesn't make her feel tropey. Yeah. You know? Um, so Miss Riley finds out she has Hodgkins. Um, and then she tells Homer what we were just talking about, that if he gets out of town, it will, it will mean so much to her. He goes back to the mines. And then in the mines, he cracks this rocket formula.
1: Yeah. He realizes that, no, he realizes that, like... Where the the rocket that they couldn't find that was sort of the culprit in the fire was he actually like figured out what the equation would be to know where it landed, Mm -hmm. and so he does the he he does the equation with Quentin, and they go find it. Like they go however many paces, and they find the rocket, and that's what they bring back and they do the sort of scene with the chalkboard, and he's like, and the principal's like, all right. And then they go to the police station and the police are like, oh yeah, we found this like thing. That's like clearly not a rocket, but we shouldn't tell you guys. We're just like perfectly fine with like your lives being ruined.
3: Well, like, I don't, th- I don't yeah. think that's what it was. I think that they, that they found that thing that was like a flare. Yeah. And they thought it was a rocket because they didn't know any better. And then they were like-, like the
1: one, the, the real educated man, the principal of the school. like-, like the, He comes in and yeah, goes, this is, a, this is an aeronautical flare. Exactly.
3: And then they're like, uh, you know, that, that is what an aeronautical <laughs> flare looks like. That but, one time I yeah. saw it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So that, that, of course, is my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't uh, change the fact that they were launching rockets off and they easily could have set a fire. Like, Still dangerous, what fun. they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's collateral damage here. Like, I-, I That's- Yes, exactly. I don't, I, that's not some big victory to me. But it is- to some extent, I guess the victory that he came up with this mathematical formula and he's applied this knowledge. Yeah, but yes, that's I, I don't like that.
4: That's that's an up and back it's for a little, no real reason. Yeah, but. I agree. It's a little, yeah. I mean, it's walking through this now, you start to realize that there you do feel studio fingerprints on it, just in terms of keeping things moving and mm-hmm. having things happening, even though they don't need to be happening. Yeah. But that's a that's a good example of it, but...
3: Not to knock Joe Johnson, but like, this, there is a a parallel with the straight story for me. Oh, that's interesting. With David Lynch. And, and the straight story, David Lynch seemed to feel no need whatsoever to put bells and whistles in that movie. Yeah. Right? This is the story. It went yeah. A to B to C to D, and the character learned this and applied it here, and it went like that, but it wasn't flashy. And uh, that might have been the story. Ultimately, like the story of Homer yep. Hickam might have been a a more simple, you know, narrative as opposed to like the up and back and in and out. Even though it, these things may have happened in real life, but they may not have been such such, you know, kind of registering yeah. on the on the e, on the EKG of this movie. Mm-hmm. It might have been a simpler kind of more even-handed movie. Yeah, um, that may have been a
4: little more rewarding. Just a guess. Yeah, I mean, I, it, that's an interesting comparison because I think the Straight Story. Have you seen the Straight Story? Yeah. I, I think that it's – I think it's a really beautiful movie because of its simplicity and mm-hmm. because of David Lynch just really just letting you soak in mm-hmm. this man's journey and and the simplicity of what he's – his arc and all of that. Um, and you have to wonder, that was a self-financed film. I believe it was distributed by Disney, but I don't believe that they got Disney money. I what, could be wrong. Whatever
3: it was, it seems very clear that whoever sure, paid yeah. for it said whether it's Maybe Lynch that, or someone yes. else, yes. Yeah. do what
4: you want to and Universal was just not going to do that for this movie, so no chance. Uh, John tries to convince Homer to come back to the coal mines and take over him, over for him someday, but he says no. I'm all about the rockets, Dad, and so he goes to the science fair. Someone steals the rocket.
1: No, they steal the sort of like the whole point of like what they, like they like learned over the process was like this special kind of steel kind of like nozzle that was like essential to making the rockets go off, and so to not have that example. And that even stole his picture of Warner Von Braun.
3: Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I, that had yeah. to have been in
1: real life. Like that seems yeah, like it's such, such a, a, a weird thing. detail. We didn't. We
3: didn't mention those letters. What the letters to the to letters, letters that he so kept th- writing th- to. Yeah. Warner von Braun. Yeah, well, you know he's you like so.
1: Like, who cares about your politics? Let's we'll talk about <laughs> rockets. <laughs> Didn't bring that up. Yeah. A little whitewashing. <laughs> like, never mind. Uh, w- w- whatever you were doing ten years ago, that's fine. Okay, yeah, well,
4: I'm not even really sure we needed that in the movie at all.
1: Well, I think that the 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 it's it all is sort of like laid in to for that final line where he says, like I like I love Warner von Braun, but like but he's not my hero. Like Chris Cooper, you are you're my hero. And I'm like, same. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm like, me too. I love Chris yeah. yeah. I just mean like, did you need it's that good. guy? Couldn't you have given him another mentor? Well, I think that the like people
1: know. though, I mean, I feel like again, back to your like 99 was like less woke. Like, I think people yeah. like, weren't really like,
4: and they're like, yeah, sure, so you're litigating Nazi, like yeah. the,
1: you know, like the op- operation paperclip or whatever, <laughs> like, you oh, know, like yeah, they weren't yeah, really like yeah. digging into that.
3: But even taking out the German of it, did, did we even need this? Like this, this, this far off pen pal yeah, this, type. Thing. Well, device, I'm sure that yeah. I'm
1: sure he did actually meet a run at the yeah. Indianapolis Science Fair. I'm sure, I'm sure he, he did. sent
3: him. I'm sure he sent him letters. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. Uh, so Homer's he's that mom, kind of dork. Homer's mom, Elise <laughs> implores John to end the strike so that Mister Bolden can use the mine's machine shop to build a replacement nozzle for yes. Science Fair. Yes. Uh, John relents when Elise, fed up, says. That she'll threaten to leave him? Yeah. If he doesn't do this? Oh, was pretty good. I, I, I mean, like she, it too. Yeah,
1: she's like low-key MVP of the movie a little, she little bit. She kind of is. She kind of like, she's got it all. She understands exactly what everyone's thinking.
4: It's true. But then it's also like, let's not pat John on the back too hard because yeah. his wife basically threatened a divorce in order to get him to do something. So, yeah. you know. Uh, Homer's friends win the highest honor at the at the science fair. Homer's flooded with scholarship offers. Homer returns home to find Miss is dying. Uh... And then he names the rocket after her, which in real life he did not do. <laughs> which
1: I like, think is amazing. I'm sure Maybe. the real Homer's like, oh, I'll fuck that. Yeah. Well, should have named him. That. <laughs> oh, he's say? like, oh. He's like, I'm oh, sorry. I should have done that. Bye. He's like, whatever, we made a movie about
5: it. You me he literally
4: is called out for it in an interview. Someone asked him, he's like, did you, and he's like, I didn't name it Mrs. Riley. I named it after the Russian something, something or other, but I should have named it Mrs. Riley. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh I, yeah. Um then Homer tells his dad how thankfully is for helping him with the rocket and that they're setting off the last rocket that day mm-hmm. and then his dad shows up. And we have a really I mean just a really nice scene before that so are actually before that Homer tells his dad that he hopes to be as good as a good a man as him someday and they have a really nice scene and that's I guess the impetus for the dad to show up.
1: Yeah, end, well it's yeah. great. I mean, but he I think the key moment is that he says like the reason why I am the way I am or the why I want to do what I want to do is not because we're different, it's because we're the same. Yeah. And I think that that was like the key moment or like realization for him and that's like it's kind of like the classic father son sort of you have to kind of like mil- metaphorically kill your father to like be successful in some ways. Yeah.
4: And it's I mean or and, carve your own path. And that final stuff at the, you know, at the launch is just I don't know. It was, I it got very emotional. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a sucker for it, but like just seeing everybody looking up at the sky at this thing that they did, it's just, a, it's an it's impressive nice. feat. Well, <clears throat> you know, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. And then the dad puts his hand on his back. It, yeah. And, you know, it's That's like, right. The
1: slow, like slow motion hand onto the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Great.
4: Yeah. It is nice. It's a, it's a, it's a breakthrough for, you know, for, yeah. A, a, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, Do you want to rate this? Do you know how we do this rating system? No, I don't know how does the rating work. So we rate the movie in 1999. You saw it around 99, right? Yeah,
1: I probably saw it in college. Okay, so So you saw it then, early 2000s.
4: So what you're ranking from from zero to 99, zero being the worst, 99 being the highest for that movie back then, then a ranking of before this podcast and a ranking after this podcast, as though this podcast might have swayed you in any way, shape, or form. Come on, guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. (laughs) don't give yourself too much. Yeah, no, 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 I'm joking. So what did you think of it around 99?
1: I mean, I I think I I really liked it. But, I mean, I think even at the time, like, it was close enough, like, into film school where I had enough of a perspective on film where I was like, this is really good for this kind of a movie. And that's sort of still how I feel, like, where I just think it's, like, a really, like, satisfying, like, good home-cooked meal kind of
4: Mm -hmm. movie. It makes you feel good.
1: Yeah. 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 And and I think Chris Cooper's performance makes it worth someone watching just because he elevates the movie in a way that's, like, if it had been a different – Actor, I just don't think it would be as good because that's those. That's what those are the scenes I show up for. Is all the scenes he's Yeah, in. he's
4: he's just he's always great. Like he always gives you more than what's on the page.
1: Yeah. And know? I mean, Jill Hall's good in it though. Yeah. Like they, there's a few lines where like, I, I cringe rewatching it where like when he's after like the dad, like breaks the strike or whatever. And like, uh, uh he's like in Indianapolis and he's by himself and he comes out of the phone booth and he just goes, thanks dad. Like to no <laughs> one. I was like, you didn't need that. No nope. smiles. enough." Nope. I was like that yeah. part. I was like, guys, you, I knew you had other takes. <laughs> <in this.">
3: you <laughs> know, like, like, the, the fact that we haven't shit on his accent. Yeah. It's, a real testament to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that guy's yeah. not from West Virginia. That no. guy's from, like, right here. He's from, yeah. like, literally 20 feet from where we are right now. Probably. So that's yeah. – and, and he what he couldn't have been – I think Hall is, like, right – I think he was probably 17 in real life, 18, something yeah. like that, right around that. That's not easy to pull off. Nope. Yeah. I think he's a great actor. I always have. Yeah. I, I like really him. like
4: Jake Gyllenhaal. I yeah. think he's great. I think he's – I like him better when he's doing weird stuff than mm-hmm. when he's trying to be, like, a big movie star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I prefer Nightcrawler to – Prince of Persia, for instance. <laughs> that's, so, that's so contrarian. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. What you know? I know. Um, uh, so what or, would, your, what would your ranking? be? I
1: mean, I, yeah, I feel like it's like, so what? If like Talibus Ripley is like a 99, yeah. uh, then I guess –
3: 97. <laughs> <laughs> like 98.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I probably somewhere in the, like the eighties or seven, like yep. high seventies, low eighties, I think is and it's pretty
4: consistent. I'm, it hasn't changed in, no, your, in your, I mean, sense? like,
1: like I said, I feel like I was sort of had sort of already like come of age as like an understanding movies, like when I saw yep. it. So I, I don't have like the sort of like the syndrome where it's like you watch something when you're young and then you watch it again and you realize it for what it is as a put, like I sort of saw it at, late enough in life that I like kind of I my opinion remains the same if not sort of like riding a little harder for it because of like the way movies have nothing gone. Nothing
4: exists. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That's fair.
4: Uh Kenny, would you like to go? Yeah, yeah, I mean I have to
3: go. Um Jeez. It's uh all right, I gave it a 38. Oh my <laughs> god. I, initially, initially, initially. Wow. Initially, after before this podcast. And I said I like things about it. I like the slice, slice of American history, but this movie is very by the numbers, low, en- low stakes, low energy, saccharine, and a bit boring. I think it's better than that now. I don't think it's better than 50%. Oh, my God. But I'm going <laughs> to go up to 48. For, uh, forty eight. Like,
2: <laughs> I feel I think good about that. I, think it, I, do,
3: I think, would
4: not recommend you watch October I, Sky. I, well,
3: I wouldn't because, you know, we just did 52 movies, and I don't think it would be in the top 26 of what we just did. But I don't think, like, it's certainly not a, like, yeah. I never felt that it was a bad movie like I never felt it was bad like it's well done it's just what I said I think I think low stakes saccharine and a bit slow um is, is are, are my main takeaways even though well made heart in the right place um and and if you are into this kind of movie I can understand why it would be something you'd
4: want to watch and maybe rewatch so that's mine sorry to apologize uh I didn't see this movie in '99, so I don't have any perspective on it then. But uh, watching it before the podcast, I'd say I'd give it probably a seventy-two. Um, and after this, I'd probably say about a seventy-five. I think that it's that's higher than your superstar ranking. Yeah. I'm falling over. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what, you, what, you- <laughs> what did I give superstar? I think you. I think you rose that to a seventy-two. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. It's all kind of in the yeah. same. Yeah, well, it's hard to. It's sure. in the same arena. Yeah, and time. I don't. I, I mean, my honestly, but like they're just October Sky and Superstar are so similar.
3: They're like easy. To <laughs> I do. The, I mean, that Kenny texted
4: me and he's like, "Has anyone in history ever done the double bill of Superstar in October Sky?" That I, I just did. did. <laughs> I did back to back. Oh my god, that's a that's a that's a
1: real that's a that's something. Well, I mean, I think that there's something to say about October Sky, like not feeling in some ways it feels dated, but not in the way some movies from 99 feel dated. Like totally. I think like American beauty or like fight club feel like super dated. Like, like now they like, feel really, really of that moment. Whereas like something like town Mr. Ripley, I feel like watching that now I'm like, that's
3: yeah, as I good as Ripley. it was the day. I saw A lot it. of that is the period.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. once you, yeah, it's like kind of, yeah. that's like, I, this is sort of off topic, but I'm be curious what you guys think about this. This is why I think clueless isn't dated is because I feel like clueless was shot like a period piece even though it was shot in the time that it came out that's interesting like the way that the heightenedness of like the slang and the and the and the clothes and whatever it's like amy heckerling was looking back at it from like 30 years in the future so like it, feel, it doesn't feel dated because it feels self-aware to totally. a degree. Totally. I agree And, with like, that. that's why it, it like, you want, look back at Clueless and you're like, this movie's incredible. And, like, you can't yeah. even, like, make fun of it at all because it, it feels so self-aware and like, this I totally agree. Way.
4: I also wonder if the Jane Austen of it all has something to do with yeah. that, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just in terms of her looking like, at it through. The, yeah, the,
1: it's, like, it's, classic.
4: It, yeah, like, it, that's yeah. Such I, a, yeah.
3: That's, that's such a good point, though. Because, like, you can't make fun of clueless, it was already making fun of itself.
1: Yeah, but yeah. in like but also being sincere in another on another level, which is like why it's so enjoyable. I
3: think clueless is one of the maybe 20 best films ever made. I yeah. love clueless. Um and I think it's interesting that it has defied mockery. Um and I remember you I mean like there's a scene where they're walking down all the guys are walking down the the like the middle run and they all have their pants hung low and she's making fun of all of yep. them right there or even their outfits like no one dressed like Cher or, or Dion, like, but, but yeah. ever, period. Nobody wore those clothes. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And, and all the slang she made up. Amy Hickling made all that stuff up. There wasn't wow. a Baldwin. There wasn't a Monet. Like she made those up for that movie. Um, And I do think it was all, you're right. It's almost like an anthropological study of 1993. Uh, crazy about it. Love that, movie. Love that 95, movie. 95, whatever it was. 95, I think it was like I think. 95.
4: 95. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think that this movie is, is, it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's not trying to do anything crazy. And I think that it achieves everything that it's setting out to do. And it worked for me.
1: Well Oh, the one thing that we haven't talked about yet is how bad the poster is.
4: Which poster?
1: Well, the one where they're all like, eh, yeah, like no, looking that, up at this guy like, that. That poster's terrible. Like-
4: <laughs> there was a teaser poster, though, which I will pull up. That's actually – but yeah, there's – I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, it, it's, it's also one of those movies that you get the impression that they just had no idea how to actually – uh, market it, yeah, because they're just like, well, yeah, that's uh, that's. Wait, wait, they 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 put. Oh, it's Laura Dern. Laura Dern is so young looking. I thought it was the girl with no dialogue on the cover there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there was this poster which I think was actually the theatrical poster. Oh, which is well, all of- about mining and and looking to the sky and she like like that's just a classical like.
1: That what? Why does that look? I I when I first saw like, it looks like the poster for like Phenomenon.
4: Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Did you guys know they also had a daytime poster?
1: Oh, daytime. Oh, wow. oh, woo.
4: Yeah, no, they're very happy in the poster. It's, Can't see the moon in that shot. It's unfortunate. Um Thank you for coming on, Karen. Sure, this is really this fun. Is, this is one of the weirdest podcasts for me because I
3: I, I feel weirdly warm about this movie, despite giving it an overall negative rating. You really half rose with me. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you have, you have you have it's weird to say it because like I, I definitely can't give it above a fifty, but I I do think like I'm looking at the all these versions of these posters, and you'd be surprised how many versions there are. Um, and I think it's a very sweet movie. Yeah, fifty one. changed oh, it. Yeah, wow. you moved it up fifty one.
1: I feel like I've accomplished. Yeah, you really day. have. I can just go to bed. That's now. a big deal. Better than
3: Existence. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. That's great.
4: I love Existence. All right. Um, so next week next on week, the podcast, big movie. Yes. One of the biggest of the year. We're going to go from the sky to the world, which is. <laughs> There's no bigger. Which is not enough. No. No. Oh, wow. We, yeah, that happened. So the world is not enough. Next yeah, week. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Great humor on the podcast yeah. as usual. See, here's the thing
3: with with the, with the throws. Sometimes we record these right after the episode, and yeah. sometimes we record them later. And sometimes we intend for them to be a couple of minutes, and sometimes we go like thirty minutes, like we haven't. Yeah, we in the we,
4: past. we yeah we we did. A, who what, was it? We did. Was, oh, it was James Woods. We did a deep dive into into James Woods oh, on yeah, a throw one. We threw th- <laughs> twenty minutes on James what
3: was, Woods. where we, we, we I guessed all the Canadian provinces
4: yes that was what it was yeah. yes that was a yeah. fun one
3: um we're going to the world is not enough we're going Tangents. to james bond 007 yeah. m q there's also other an letters R, there is uh, money penny um Aston sexual Martin, innuendos, like sexual innuendos yeah, yeah. um azerbaijan garbage
4: uh, does the song garbage does the song yeah we'll talk
3: about that on the, yeah, podcast, about that on the podcast with podcast. our uh, with our returning guests of our Eric papers. Carrasco
4: is coming back, yes. he's doing another deep dive into, uh, a, into a franchise. successful
3: franchise. He's
4: probably the biggest Bond fan I know. So he's the biggest Bond fan, and he's the biggest Star Wars fan. He kind of is. I wish he was in the room so we could ask him It'd what It would be a- really weird if we what were talking else? about him while he was in the room. What
0: else he's, he's into. <laughs> um.
4: Well, either way, yes. uh, huge movie, very successful, Um. Some might argue one of the better Pierce Brosnan Bonds. We'll we'll get into that. There were that. four total. There were yeah, they really kind of ran the gamut. Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day. It's it's a weird uh, weird crew. Of and movies. by
3: ran the gamut, you mean they ran into each other? Obviously, that's what I
4: meant. Cause and I not have, not a tonal outside difference outside
3: of Golden Eye and having just watched World is not enough. I really can't differentiate between oh, the I, last I, I three. Can, Certainly I can, not Die Another Day and. And die two more days. What was the other one? Tor never dies. Tomorrow die never two dies.
4: more days. <laughs> 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 die two
3: days yeah, from now. Die, yeah, yeah. Um, it's
4: going to be a great it's one.
3: It's
0: going to be a I'm good one. I'm already excited. Uh,
4: Dr. Christmas Jones. It's going to be great. Dr. Christmas Jones. Um, yeah. So get excited next week. World is Not Enough with Eric Carrasco. Let's get into it. It's going to be great. <laughs> thank you for being on here. Are, sure, you, thank you're you, on, are you on Twitter? Are you I on, am. What is, what is your I don't really tweet that much. Okay, so we it's don't, just we my won't. same
1: handle as always, Don't don't worry about it.
4: Thank you for coming on. Will you come so, on again for yes. another movie? Yeah, Thank I, would would fantastic. I would love to. Yeah, it'd
1: okay. be really fun. Okay.
4: Awesome. Uh, I'm at PM Iscova on Instagram and Twitter. We're at podcasts like nineteen ninety-nine on Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe. Kenny's at Nybart on Twitter as well. He tweets constantly constantly. constantly.